Chapter 25 of Tom Swift and His Motorcycle This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by Ritu Canada Tom Swift and His Motorcycle by Victor Appleton Chapter 25 The Capture Goodbye Tom's story was soon told and Mr Damon quickly explained to his friends in the automobile how he had first made the acquaintance of the young inventor but how does it happen that you are trusting yourself in a car like this asked tom i thought you were done with gasoline machines mr damon i thought so too tom but bless my batteries my doctor insisted that i must get out in the open air i'm too stout to walk and i can't run the only solution was in an automobile for i never would dream of a motorcycle I wonder that one of mine hasn't run away with you and killed you. But there, my automobile is nearly as bad. We went along very nicely yesterday, and now, just when I have a party of friends out, something goes wrong. Bless my liver! I do seem to have the worst luck. Tom lost no time in looking for the trouble. He found it in the ignition and soon had it fixed. Then a sort of council of war was held. Do you think those scoundrels are there yet? asked Mr Damon. I hope so, answered Tom. So do I, went on the odd character. Bless my soul, but I want a chance to pummel them. Come, gentlemen, let's be moving. Will you ride with us, Tom Swift, or on that dangerous motorcycle? I think I'll stick to my machine, Mr Damon. I can easily keep up with you. Very well. Then we'll get along. we'll proceed until we get close to the old mansion and then some of us will go down to the lake shore and the rest of us will surround the house we'll catch the villains red-handed and i hope we bag that tramp among them i hardly think he's there said tom in a short time the auto and the motorcycle had carried the respective riders to the road through the woods there the machines were left and the party proceeded on foot tom had a revolver with him and one member of mr damon's party also had a small one more to scare dogs than for any other purpose tom gave his weapon to one of the men and cut a stout stick for himself an example followed by those who had no firearms a club for mine exclaimed mr damon the less i have to do with machinery the better i like it now tom swift is just the other way around he explained to his friends cautiously they approached the house and when within seeing distance of it they paused for a consultation there seemed to be no one stirring about the old mansion and tom was fearful lest the men had left but this could not be determined until they came closer two of mr damon's friends elected to go down to the shore of the lake and prevent any escape in that direction while the others including tom were to approach from the wood side when the two who were to form the water attacking party were ready one of them was to fire his revolver as a signal then tom mr damon and the others would rush in the young inventor mr damon and his friend whom he addressed as mr benson went as close to the house as they considered prudent then screening themselves in the bushes they waited they conversed in whispers Tom giving more details of his experience with the patent thieves suddenly the silence of the woods was broken by someone advancing through the underbrush bless my gaiters someone is coming 
exclaimed Mr. Damon in a hoarse whisper. Can that be Munson or Dwight coming back? He referred to his two friends who had gone to the lake. Or perhaps the fellows are escaping, suggested Mr. Benson. Suppose we take a look. At that moment, the person approaching, whoever he was, began to sing. Tom started. I'll wager that's Happy Harry the Tramp, he exclaimed. I know his voice. Cautiously, Tom peered over the screen of bushes. Who is it? asked Mr. Damon. It's Happy Harry, said Tom. We'll get them all now. He's going up to the house. They watched the tramp. All unconscious of the eyes of the men and boy in the bushes, he kept on. Presently, the door of the house opened and a man came out. Tom recognized him as Anson Morse, the person who had dropped the telegram. Say, Burke, called the man at the door. Have you taken the motorboat? Motorboat? No, answered the tramp. I just came here. I've had a hard time. Nearly got caught in Swift's house the other night by that cub of a boy. Is the boat gone? Yes, Appleson came back in it last night and saw someone looking in the window, but we thought it was only a farmer and chased him away. This morning the boat's gone. I thought maybe you had taken it for a joke. Not a bit of it. Something is wrong, exclaimed Happy Harry. We'd better light out. I think the police are after us. That young Swift is too sharp for my liking. We'd better skip. I don't believe that was a farmer who looked in the window. Tell the others, get the stuff, and we'll leave this locality. They're here still, whispered Tom. That's good. I wonder if Munson and Dwight are at the lake yet, asked Mr. Damon. They ought to be. At that instant, a pistol shot rang out. The tramp, after a hasty glance around, started on the run for the house. The man in the doorway sprang out. Soon two others joined him. Who fired that shot? cried Morse. Come on, Tom, cried Mr. Damon, grabbing up his club and springing from the bushes. Our friends have arrived. The young inventor and Mr. Benson followed him. No sooner had they come into the open space in front of the house than they were seen. At the same instant, from the rear, in the direction of the lake, came Mr. Munson and Mr. Dwight. We're caught, cried Happy Harry. He made a dash for the house just as a man carrying a box rushed out. There it is. The model and papers are in that box, cried Tom. Don't let them get away with it. The criminals were taken by surprise. With leveled weapons, the attacking party closed in on them. Mr. Damon raised his club threateningly. Surrender, surrender, he cried. We have you. Bless my stars, but you are captured. Surrender. It certainly looks so, admitted Anson Morse. I guess they have us, boys. The man with the box made a sudden dash toward the woods, but Tom was watching him. In an instant, he sprang at him and landed on the fellow's back. The two went down in a heap, and when Tom arose, he had possession of the precious box. I have it! I have it! he cried. I've got Dad's model back! The man who had had possession of the box quickly arose and, before anyone could stop him, darted into the bushes. After him! Catch him! Bless my hatband! Stop him! shouted Mr. Damon. Instinctively, his friends turned to pursue the fugitive, forgetting for the instant the other criminals. The men were quick to take advantage of this and in a moment had disappeared in the dense woods. Nor could any trace be found of the one with whom Tom had struggled. Pshaw, they got away from us, cried Mr. Damon regretfully. Let's see if we can't catch them. Come on, 
we'll organize a posse and run them down. He was eager for the chase, but his companions dissuaded him. Tom had what he wanted, and he knew that his father would prefer not to prosecute the men. The lad opened the box and saw that the model and papers were safe. Let those fellows go, advised the young inventor, and Mr. Damon reluctantly agreed to this. I guess we've seen the last of them, added the youth, but he and Mr. Swift had not for the criminals made further trouble, which will be told off in the second volume of this series, to be called Tom Swift and his motorboat, or the rivals of Lake Carlopa. In that our hero will be met in adventures even more thrilling than those already related, and Andy Foger, who so nearly ran Tom down in the automobile, will have a part in them. Now, said Mr. Damon, after it had been ascertained that no one was injured, and that the box contained all of value that had been stolen. I suppose you are anxious to get back home, Tom, aren't you? Will you let me take you in my car? Bless my spark plug, but I'd like to have you along in case of another accident. The lad politely declined, however, and with the valuable model and paper safe on his motorcycle, he started for Shopton. Arriving at the first village after leaving the woods, Tom telephoned the good news to his father and that afternoon was safely at home, to the delight of Mr. Swift and Mrs. Baggert. The inventor lost no time in fully protecting his invention by patents. As for the unprincipled men who made an effort to secure it, they had so covered up their tracks that there was no way of prosecuting them, nor could any action be held against Smeek and Catch, the unscrupulous lawyers. Well, remarked Mr. Swift to Tom, a few nights after the recovery of the model, your motorcycle certainly did us good service. Had it not been for it, I might never have gotten back my invention. Yes, it did come in handy, agreed the young inventor. There's that motorboat too. I wish I had it. I don't believe those fellows will ever come back for it. I turned it over to the county authorities and they take charge of it for a while. I certainly had some queer adventures since I got this machine from Mr. Damon, concluded Tom. I think my readers will agree with him. End of chapter 25, The Capture, Goodbye. End of Tom Swift and His Motorcycle by Victor Appleton.